You are listening to episode 138 of Shades Midweek. This is a podcast where we talk about theology, culture, and all things Shades. We do this each and every week. And thank you so much for listening. My name is John Mark DeRoe. I'm one of the hosts here at Midweek. We are inside of Three Stream Studios, and I am joined as usual by my comrades, Brad Brown and Jonathan Hafes. How's everybody doing today? Doing fantastic, man. We don't have time to waste. We don't. Because John Mark is on a mission. By the Mm -hmm. time you listen to this, uh, their latest adoption fundraiser will have already happened, which is Pictures with Santa. That's right. But we got to hurry. Yes. We got to hurry up and get through this, coming to town. Because John Mark has to go get lemonade for Santa. That's what I heard. I, I thought he was a milk and cookies kind of guy, but apparently... Uh, he's dairy-free now. Apparently, when he's in Alabama, he wants some lemonade. Dairy-free and gluten-free. <laughs> oh, well, let's jump in. Let's do Jam's album. All right, here we go. Gluten-free cookies. Last-minute change, guys. Listen... I had another single pulled up, and when we started talking about Santa, this is what I pulled up for us. Christmas is the time of year. Come on now. For being with the ones we love. Yes. Sharing so much joy and cheer. Brad's got his lighter out what right now. What a wonderful feeling. Waving it, waving it in the air. I was about to say. What a wonderful feeling. Watching the Guys, I've got some good news for you. Not only is Christmas approaching, but Ray Charles' Christmas album, The Spirit of Christmas, is officially back on streaming services. Well, I was going to ask about officially that. Officially back on the streaming service. I was going to ask about that. I don't know all the details, but here's how I found out. Andrew Thompson, good friend of Shades Midweek, friend of the show here, Mm-hmm. sends a picture to a group text that I'm in of the vinyl record of Ray Charles the, that spirit or the spirit of Christmas which is hard to find it's hard to find I own a used copy that I found that's not in the best shape and I still pay like 20 25 dollars yeah. for it and there's like a pretty good scratch on it that like skips well the picture that he sent looked like a brand new vinyl and I was like oh man that looks like they reissued and repressed. Ray Charles's Christmas album. What good news. Then John Ball responded and and he went to go buy the album because he's always wanted it on vinyl. And wow. turns out it is streaming on all your streaming services, Spotify and Apple Music. The album is called The Spirit of Christmas. It was released in 1985 by the incomparable Ray Charles. And this album is phenomenal. Phenomenal. And this song is called That Spirit of Christmas, which is featured in my favorite Christmas movie of all time, Christmas Vacation. This is this is the album that you introduced me to my favorite version of Little Drummer Boy, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I remember, I remember hearing uh, you and the band play that version at the Christmas Spectacular one year, and I was like, yes. who does that? And you're like, that's Ray Charles. Ray Charles. This it's album's great. loaded. It's, it's just so loaded good. with with some original songs such as this one, and then some classics such as "What Child Is This," "The Little Drummer Boy," "Santa Claus Is Coming to Town." So check it out, everybody. This is probably my favorite. Well, it's in my top three favorite Christmas albums of all time. What are the other two? 
Definitely Vince Guaraldi trio. Absolutely. Charlie Brown is probably Absolutely. number one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's hard to beat that. I, and, I spin that record all season long. Outside of that, it, it's probably a toss-up. I think you have to look at the Preacher's Wife soundtrack. Woo. You have to look at Bing Crosby, some classics. Mm-hmm. So it's it's in there. This is probably number two. NSYNC's Christmas. <laughs> Ashley loves that. Oh, my word. Ashley loves NSYNC's Christmas. All right. The Spirit of Christmas, Ray Charles. So good. Thank you, Ray. My goodness gracious. I actually got Ray Charles to play the organ on this song before he passed away. Look at that. Jonathan's already ordered the vinyl. I did. I just ordered it because it's available. (laughs) You did get the vinyl, right? Not like a compact disc. No, yes, absolutely. And I hope Holly doesn't listen to this episode. (laughs) Thank you to the North North Pole. Dang it. The North Pole Boys Choir for that excellent introduction. We're moving from the spirit of Christmas to the king of Christmas. Amen. A fat cat book. Yes, I said it right. Today I am talking about a book in the fat cat book series. It's a kid's book called The King of Christmas, All God's Children Search for Jesus, art by Natasha Kennedy, text by Todd R. Haynes. The star of the King of Christmas, where will we find him? Join Fat Cat and the wise men as they follow the light of the Christmas star, journeying over sea and field through market and temple to find the King of Christmas. In each place they look, a new friend joins their search. The journey doesn't end at the manger. Once the Magi and their lively cast of friends and friendly beasts find Jesus at the nativity scene, they ask, where else can he be found? On the cross? In the tomb? And where do we find the King of Christmas today? In his word, where he promises to be found. Wherever his name and word are, you will find him too. Come on, somebody. The back of this book is preaching. This is part of a series, the Apostles' Creed for all God's children, the Lord's Prayer for all God's children, the King of Easter. Jesus searches for all God's children. Now, I would be remiss if I did not say that this was a gift, not only for myself, but also for John Mark from none other than the right reverend Dr. Jonathan Hafes. Normally, we make fun here and fun of Jonathan on Bradford's Book Club, but why not some encouragement today as part of the Advent season? As we wait for Christ's return, and I <laughs> think about the future judgment, I want to encourage Jonathan, <laughs> feeling a little shame, oh. uh, making well, fun well, of him. But thank, yes, thank a wonderful gift from Jonathan. Seriously, I, I'm so excited. Hey. I can't wait till my daughter can distinguish images <laughs> and can make sense of words. But I believe I'm gonna already going to be reading this to her. Well, no I very doubt. selfishly bought a copy for myself uh, as well, and I read it to my kiddos. Buy like, one, get two free. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I didn't tell you that's what was happening. No, I uh, I read it to uh, to my kiddos last oh, night. Oh, lovely! And, uh, Did they like it? Yeah, and this one particularly. So, uh, so I've got this one in the Apostles' Creed one, and the Apostles' Creed one um, definitely has like more text per page and kind of aims a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, 
like Asher. The, the Apostles' Creed one's a little bit harder for Solomon. But this one is particularly aimed, I think, at those younger kids. Yeah. Um, and so Solomon loved it. Asher loved it. I mean, all the kids enjoyed Some it. Some really but, beautiful images. Um, and they enjoy finding Fat Cat on every page. Yeah. He gets, he gets harder to find as you go. Um, and they love that. <laughs> uh, do you want to tell everybody why it's called Fat Cat? Yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. <laughs> Wouldn't it? We've featured a fat cat book before. Yeah, the Apostles right. Creed one. Yeah. So what is fat cat? Question mark. Fat cat is our way of making the catechism approachable. He represents the catechism, the Ten Commandments, the Apostles Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. In this book, fat cat guides us through the truth we celebrate on the holiday of Christmas. Blah, blah, blah. Fat Cat is <laughs> hidden throughout the pages of this book. Search for him with your child as you enjoy this book together. Yeah, so it's part of a series, and it's a way... John Mark, what? I'm sorry? Go go on. Cat basically being short cat for, for catechism. catechism. Yeah, Fat being, a way to teach your kids. Yeah, that you want to fill up. That's fill right. Fill up the kids with the truth. I was going to mention baby idea. We were talking yesterday in our mm-hmm. worship planning meeting and sure now i'm gonna air this publicly okay. in front of everyone we were yeah. talking I know, about I know where this is going and what I'm on should board. we do for christmas eve for the children maybe we should read this book i um, i like it do we I have like to pay it. royalties to well now that you mentioned it publicly <laughs> we do <laughs> nah i can edit that out i don't know but no, yeah that that's, like a, I think that's a great idea the king of christmas yeah i love the it king of christmas i love it pretty cool <sighs> Man, that's good stuff! Awesome. Wow, what a what a moment on Bradford's book club. You know, one of my favorite Christmas traditions. Yeah, thing thing that I love to do. Yeah, what's that? Uh, probably a top ten, top five in December. Wow, and that's getting tacos. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. You know, tacos. you can get tacos at any time of the year. And maybe this year, Christmas dinner, we're going to have tacos. This feels a little Christmassy to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Feels, feels very festive. So I texted Brad and Jonathan here yesterday, last minute, and I said, guys, hey, you guys want to go get some tacos real quick? And Brad uh, heard the alarm, and he said, yes, I will be there. Jonathan said, I've got about a 30-minute window to eat. But if you guys go get tacos, please bring me some back, and I will eat them with you. And so I went. I was actually already out on the road already, and there was a place over on Lakeshore that I wanted to see. And I went by there. I thought it was a taco truck. Turns out it's not. They have, like, roll-ups or something. I don't Mm. know. Not tacos. That's not tacos. So I left there, and I said, Brad, let's find a place. Brad found a place on Yelp called Taqueria Juarez. It's near Hoover. It's in Jefferson County. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went there. Went to the wrong location. That's uh, right. First, called them. They hung up on me, and then they texted me yes. the directions. <laughs> yeah, Brad said, "Hey, can you guys give me directions? We're trying to find you guys." And then there was um, some <laughs> conversation happening. Oh, on the other end of the phone, uh, in Spanish. And we couldn't understand what they were saying. And then she hung up on Brad without even saying goodbye. <laughs> so then we assumed, okay, well, I guess gonna we're them. not going to find it. But then she texted Texted Brad. a Google Maps link. Very uh, helpful. link. And uh, we go. we pulled up and a little truck right off the, uh, where, where was that? What street Warner? was that? Is that Warner, Warner Road? Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get back to the church in time for Jonathan to eat the tacos yeah. warm. It's very sad. Yeah. I was in an appointment, so they had to go into the fridge, and I had to 
Yikes. Heat them up in the microwave by myself. It's horrible. Eat so alone. So we don't know Sad. if this will count as an official entry. So let's just for for Jonathan's entry, let's just put an ast- asterisk there, sort of yeah. like well, Alabama's think- football season this year. <laughs> I think- put an asterisk there. Not good enough to get in to the playoffs. Oh, my word. That's the audience. That's not on us. I think that's the happiest I've ever seen the two of you in this booth. <laughs> you know, not when we talk about Jesus and the resurrection, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I think what's got to happen is I think I've got to personally go back at some point and eat tacos from that's this right. place fresh. So. All- Eat tacos all alone again. Yeah. And, and and then give some real numbers. So I gave no numbers, doubt. but yeah. So do you want to do you want to say so you're gonna say what your numbers are, you're gonna talk about your experience a little bit, but maybe we're not gonna count it. Sure. Yep. Yep. Well, well let's we just, do our final tally. So let's, let's just start with you because you had to heat yours up. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep. And it's gonna reflect right here for the carnitas. <laughs> for the carnitas, I gave it a five, which is the <laughs> lowest rating I've given a taco. <laughs> The Campechano's got a 6.5. The Al Pastor got a 6.75. The Asada, which apparently what I'm discovering, apparently what I'm discovering over this is that Asada is my favorite, and I didn't know it. Oh, Um, wow. There you go. Who doesn't love steak? So Asada, 7.5. So overall, I gave, I'll go in and give all my scores. I gave Takiera Juarez uh, a 7, which I must note is not the lowest overall <laughs> score I have given. That still belongs to Gordos at 6.5. I think okay. we're all surprised. So what I what I want to say is that my numbers are definitely not accurate. However, for reheated tacos, they're not bad. Okay, that's true. That's totally fair. So just saying... I definitely expect it to be a really good taco place when I have them fresh. Yep. Brad? All right. I came in at the Al Pastor, which is my numero uno taco, at 9 out of 10. I enjoyed it. Campechanos, which was Al Pastor, chorizo, and asada, I believe, 8 out of 10. Chorizo, 8.5 out of 10. Asada, 8 out of 10. Overall, wait, we're not doing overall yet? Or are we? Hold, yeah, we, hold, hold yours. Sauces, three sauces, all unique. Ten out of ten on the sauces. Yeah. Now I gotta say, I did not. Uh, I I just haven't been rating the sauces, but I thoroughly enjoyed them. Yeah, they were uh, good sauce. All of them, and a nice size you could put it on the taco. Yeah. Tortillas, eight out of ten. Really enjoyed the tortillas. So I knew the tortillas had to be high quality. Mm-hmm. If they tasted as good as they did reheated, I was like, these tortillas gotta gotta have some good tortilla yeah, game going. They had something special. So I was. Very, imp- I was very impressed. If you're in Hoover, that's where you need to go. Give Sweet. them a call; they'll hang up and then text you. All right, JM, what? <laughs> did you do your overall score yet? Or are you I waiting? Didn't. Jonathan waiting. told me to hold it. Okay. Uh, Taqueria Juarez. Yeah, I had a very similar uh, experience, Brad. I would give the Carnitas were my least favorite. Uh, I gave them hey. a seven out of ten. Hey. I think that's mm. consistent. I mean, it, it it makes sense. So basically, I should just add two to all my numbers. Probably, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Uh, that makes sense. The Pastor was 7.3 for me, 7.3, mm. a little better than the Carnitas. The Asada was an 8.2. Uh, I did enjoy the Asada. And the Campechanos, which at this place was three meats. It was steak, chorizo, and 
maybe Pastor. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, I gave a nine out of ten. It was my favorite. Uh, the tortillas I gave uh, an eight point five uh, out of ten. And uh, is that right? Hold on, let me make sure. Yeah. And then um, the sauces I gave nine out of ten. I I actually didn't like the the dark red sauce that much. Oh, okay. So I will tell you this. So my sauces, my sauces were refrigerated, and uh, the other two, the green one and the light sauce, were great coming out of the refrigerator. That dark red one, I didn't actually get to eat because in the fridge it separated. Yeah. And like had liquid at the bottom, and the top of it was like solid. Yes, and and our sauces were refrigerated when we got them. Yeah, I and think I want to change my sauce score. Now the red, <laughs> the the red one, I it, the same thing no, happened. No take backs. I tried to eat the red one and I did not like it. Yeah, uh, but the other two were yeah, that they were, good. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were fantastic. Good. That I went nine out of ten, and also you get extra points for providing three sauces. I yeah, mean, that's that, great. That yeah. has Incl- to go included. into the score. I liked the, the the cucumbers as well. This is oh the, yeah, let's mention is, that. This the is the cucumbers. first time since our first since place. The first yes. one. Uh, that we got cucumbers. Uh, what was the other thing in my box? Was it an onion? It looked like some sort of onion. It's an I onion. definitely Los ate Val some used of it. to do okay. that. I didn't eat any of it because it had been refrigerated and did not look tasty. But I, I guess like, you put it this? on the taco. I guess it wasn't guess. like chopped up though. It was like whole. I don't know if A you're supposed onion. to chop it up or. Anyway. I'm not sure. All right, we'll give y'all's overall scores. Brett. I'm going to hold give on, it a. It's a long drum roll. Eight point five. Eight point five out of ten. Eight point five out of ten. All right, JM, what you got? Overall score. We have to drum roll again. Sure. All right. There are no rules. <laughs> I gave mine an 8.7 out of 10. Wow. 8.7. Wow, wow, wow. Which, according to my rankings, is going to put it behind Taco Moro Loco, behind Los Valadores, behind Dos Hermanos. So it's second to last place right now. Gordo's. So you put it behind Taco Moro Loco. Yeah. Hmm. I did. Interesting. Yeah. Well, but all bar- right, gentlemen. But barely. Barely, yeah. Well, another great installment in the Shades Midweek Taco Tour. I'm sure that everyone that created all of this hype and controversy around this subject via emails is now regretting their decisions. They're probably thinking, this is not nearly as fun as we thought it would be. You know, we haven't gotten an email in a second, which <laughs> makes me wonder, That's because is I put, anybody I, listening? I, put it, I actually don't know anymore. <laughs> I think we lost all of our listeners talking about the tacos <laughs> to begin with, and now that we're actually doing it, no one cares anymore. Right. Yeah, it's past. Yeah. I'm worried about that. Well, I put a I put a moratorium on taco emails, though. <laughs> we did. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, should we open that back up? Should we open it? Because here's what I was gonna say, but and I and I do have to go get lemonade for Santa. But what I was gonna <laughs> say is, Brad, I don't know how much longer you'll be able to participate in the tacos. Uh, we we don't have to explain the reasonings behind that yet. But I had a thought. I wonder if we should wrap this thing up. By like next week, probably. Like how many places we've been to? Six places. Yeah. We've been to a lot of places. I think yeah. there's at least one more place we could probably try between now and then. Okay. And then maybe we wrap it up. We get our average scores in, yeah. and we wrap it up before the end of the new year. I like it. I like it. We'll do it. 
Okay, so you heard it here. We're going to try. I agree. We are going to do our best to wrap the Shades Midweek Taco Tour up next week, if we can, or the week after. And then you can tell all your friends to start listening again. (laughs) Hey, there you go. Well, I hope that you are still listening because we are really excited about the interview we recorded for this week's episode. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to say too much because I think in the beginning of the interview, I do some introductory stuff as we get talking. So. Basically, I'll just say uh, Isaac Adams was our guest preacher on Sunday, and we got a chance to interview him and his ministry partner at United We Pray, Austin Suter. And so without any further ado, here is that interview. And can I just say, Jonathan, that... uh, A little bit further we, we We did this interview yesterday, and I love that Isaac is so comfortable at razzing and picking on you as he is... It's true. ...throughout the entirety of the interview. Oh, Oh, and and what everybody needs to know is he had already been picking on me so hard. It's all in. It's all in jest. All in jest. Oh no, I man, I I just love Isaac and appreciate his friendship. But yeah, Brad and John Mark enjoyed a little too much. um, (laughs) How easily he was able to pick on me. You know, there was so much to cover, and so we're definitely going to have them back back on for for sure. sure. I mean, it was we had a blast yesterday. So. All right, now, without any further ado, (laughs) here's that interview. So we're really excited today on this episode of Shades Midweek to have some guests. This may be, this might be the most people we've ever had around this table. There's, There's five of us. Brad is jumping in, sharing a microphone with whoever he can, but that's because John Mark is here. Yep. I'm here. And then we have two guests with us, Austin. Austin, I don't even know your last name. <laughs> Suter. Suter. I am so sorry, You're brother. Fine, brother. Those are the kinds of things a professional podcast like asks beforehand. You know, probably reads a bio, something like that. Anyway, Austin Suter is in the booth with us, and then so is the one and the only, the right reverend, Sir Isaac Adams. You forgot. <laughs> oh, I forgot, Doctor. Or what? Uh, I was going to say you forgot, Doctor, but I wasn't prepared for the sound effects. Oh, no, no. You didn't know we had a live studio audience? I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. It is. It, only the best for our guests. We set the bar high. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so, so yeah, so Austin and Isaac have joined us. For those of you who were with us on Sunday, then you got to uh, see both of them and hear from Isaac specifically as he uh, brought the word in the midst of our Advent series where we're tackling... Um, the issue of racism and what happens when the gospel and racism intersect. Uh, and Isaac helped us to explore that, um, just taking the really rich theology um, uh, of everything that the scripture has to say and bringing that to bear very practically uh, on this matter through uh, a talk entitled, Why Is It So Hard to Talk About Race? Mm-hmm. And you can find that on the normal uh, Shades Valley Sermon podcast uh, if you'd like to listen to that message. But we... We asked Isaac and Austin if they could come in just to continue the conversation. Um, I think that everyone everyone that I've talked to uh, from Sunday benefited greatly just from the Lord's work through you, brother. And I know that that's fruit of the Lord's work through y'all's ministry uh, over how many years? 2017, the ministry began. And Austin, how long have you been on? I mean, it was kind of a birth of our friendship. So in some sense, it began, we became friends. But officially, how long have you been on? I think I've been doing this as my job since sometime in 2020. There we go. 
And for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about United We Pray, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, a ministry uh, for helping Christians to think and pray through racial strife. Um, and there's just uh, we want to talk to you all about that, your ministry, your work, uh, how that came to be, um, why you feel called to that work. Um, but before we get to that, just briefly, because we didn't really get time to do this on Sunday, mm-hmm. just briefly, I'd love to hear just kind of like a miniature version of each of your your stories. Mm. Um, just a little bit about yourself, whoever would like to go first. They're pointing at one another. I'll kick it off. So Austin Suter, I'm editor at United We Pray with Isaac. Um, grew up in the Shenandoah Valley, Virginia, famous okay. for its diversity. Just kidding. It's all <laughs> little white people that look like me. Um, and uh, but we, Isaac and I, ended up in Washington D.C. at the same time, and we were sharing a communal office, working for different organizations at the time when Michael Brown was killed, mm-hmm. and the subsequent unrest and conversations in the church. Our church, not not necessarily specifically, but churches generally, right, right. Uh, was really discouraging. Mm. And I got super depressed about it. Isaac started the ministry because of it, basically. Um, not necessarily because of that event, but not only because of that event, I mm. should say. Yeah, yeah. But uh, decided to do something constructive instead of just being really sad. <laughs> that was real. I mean, Austin's his answers are so concise and clear and sharp. It's just... That was really good. Austin, are, are you a pastor and preacher by trade? I'm not. That's why his answers are clear <laughs> and concise, Isaac. Oh, you should know man. this about yourself. That's so true. I did listen, turn, listen. just for kicks, I turned on that little timer you have on the pulpit, and I was like, this is, <laughs> this is cute. Just, just to fun. see how long, yeah, how long you go. See, it's like, yeah, I mean, is, it's not there, you know, to de- stop you. It's, it's for decoration. It's just it's, so you know. It's, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Isaac, do you want to tell him about how much you liked me when we first met? Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah. When we, when Austin and I, I mean, it, if you want to know that God is real, I think you should just look at me and Austin's friendship <laughs> because I. But the people I love most, I. Uh, wow. Uh, well, I'll just say I'm, I'm, the people I love most. I've had rough inter- encounters with on our first encounter. So Austin. And then my wife, and if she were on, if she were in the room, she'd be laughing right now, because it's true. And uh, yeah, I mean, our first encounter was terrible. It was just awful. It I'm was. Just, I'm just I'm kidding. It, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. Oh, so it now wasn't. I'm doubting okay. right, well, the depth of our friendship. Maybe, maybe it was not that bad. I'm just kidding. Anyway, sorry, I keep um, interrupting your story. Go ahead. No, okay. So I mean, we'll talk about United We Pray in a minute, but um, yeah, I think it was in light of. What was going on with Michael Brown? I think if you look at the last 10 years, so let's just pick the last 10, when it comes to American evangelical churches, however we wanted to find that, but let's just call it, you know what I mean by that. Yes. And so uh, there would be three tragedies, let's call them that, would I call them kind of earthquake epicenters. Mm. And so in regards to this conversation, you have Trayvon in 2012, Michael Brown in 2014, uh, and George Floyd in 2020. Now, sadly, as I said on Sunday, there's a whole genre of things we could fill in there. I mean, uh, Philando Castile for Austin uh, was, uh, I remember that being a particular 
a, a particular burden for Austin mm-hmm. in our friendship. Um, but anyway, uh, and so it was after Michael Brown where I was on Twitter a lot, and so were a lot of other people, and I was convinced that this was not really helping me. And so I l- joke that I did a radical thing, which was that I put down my phone and read a book. And the book was a collection of sermons by Francis Grimke, African-American pastor, 19th century. Uh, fun fact, married Douglas to, I think, his second wife. I don't know if you knew that. Um, but the sermon was called God and Prayer as Factors in the Struggle, and I haven't recovered since reading that sermon. Wow. So that would be kind of short bio. You said the rest about wife and kids and was in D.C. up until then. Um, and the way I sum up Austin, I was going to do this on the front. Austin is a racially conscious redneck. I mean, all, you should ask Austin about the things he has killed and then eaten. It's ama- The list is amazing. He almost, it's like as long as John Mark's DVD collection. Well, right? just we'll have to have a competition later because I grew up in the, in the sticks of South Georgia. And John Mark uh, grew up in his own brand of middle of nowhere, not far from here. Brad's a city boy. He doesn't get to participate in the conversation. I'm with you, Brad. <laughs> I'm also a missionary kid, so the list of weird stuff I've eaten, I oh, think, is next level. Yeah. yeah I'm telling that you. Is it's like, level. it's you just throw an animal out there. It's great. Are you literally asking no, me to throw no, an animal? No, okay. no, 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 no. I'm you just, just kind of looked at me at like, go point, for it, to no, throw an animal no, out. No, no, at some point, that will be edifying. <laughs> oh, no. Awesome. So... So yeah, so y'all are in D.C., mm-hmm. uh, begin to have conversations between uh, the two of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so did, you, did y'all did you start the ministry together, or did you start it and then Austin came on? or the like lat- What, what the did the latter. formation of it look like? Yeah, the latter. I started it, and Austin wound up moving to North Carolina, um, and so we stayed in contact. And we, I mean, we weren't just ministry friends so he was he'd be you know preaching at his church hey can you look at my sermon i'd be preaching at mine hey can you look at mine um and then the ministry began and it really did i did not have aspirations for a kind of full-blown ministry if anything i was like this needs to stay small but uh i think the lord simply had other plans for it so started with another co-host trillia newbell wise sister, gracious sister to give me so much of her time and energy. She's awesome. She is. And then the ministry simply outgrew both of our capacities, at Uh least in that kind of format. And so I came to Austin on my hands and knees and said, can we just kind of professionalize our friendship? And Austin has found proof that I've simply lied to him because I was like, I promise this will take five minutes of your week. And (laughs) (laughs) he works like half time for us now and full time uh, in 2023. We're really excited about that. So uh, then the ministry really wants it because now I'm a pastor. I have a full time. I mean, Iron City is my full time priority. Right. And, you know, pastors, we can be busy. And so uh, we need someone at the helm of United We Pray. I'm really thankful that it's Austin. So he started it started with him kind of editing and writing. And then he took over the podcast and he does a brilliant job. So that's awesome. So what are what are all the different um, aspects or facets of the ministry. You just mentioned like yeah. writing. You mentioned the podcast. Like, so what are the avenues through which United We Pray uh, is is at work? Let me mention them, and then I'll kick you over, kick it over to you to elaborate on the kind of arms of the ministry. The main bread and butter would be the podcast. So that's uh, we have conversations like this. Uh, I say like 
this because uh, they're about um, just certain uh, certain areas regarding race and racism in the church. Uh, but we try to not just talk to each other on the show. We actually try to pray on the show because we find it's really easy to talk about prayer. It's really hard to actually pray. Uh, so the podcast, we write. So articles, books, uh, we travel and teach. And those three arms would be the main arms. Yeah, I mean, in the articles side, we do a couple different formats. We try to post two articles every week that are around a 1,000 words, very accessible, aimed at laity. And then every so often, we have someone like a seminary professor write a long-form theological piece on like a theology of lament from the black church mm -hmm. um, that Dr. Kynes here in town wrote for us. Um, so that's one way you could delineate, but it's yeah. Isaac's, Isaac's right. Yeah. That's the only time Austin has ever said that on the podcast. <laughs> it's not even our. We, uh, it's not. Your, it's uh, not our uh, podcast. So, oh man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's talking about Bill Kynes from Sanford. Well, Bill Kynes' son, Will. Right. Yeah. Yes. So you're talking about Will Kynes, who works yeah. at Sanford University. Yeah. His yeah. father, Bill. Uh huh. Uh, is he EFCA pastor? Yeah. Yeah. He he works. I forget what his official title is within the denomination as well. He's one of the authors of so there is a uh, there's a book entitled Evangelical Convictions, which mm -hmm. is a theological exposition mm -hmm. of the EFCA statement of faith. Oh. So it takes our ten articles of faith and turns each one into a chapter. And I know he is one of the authors. Praise God on that that book. So yeah, he's he's been pretty influential within the evangelical uh, free church. He's great. Both of them are great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I've been to some of the workshops that Will has done. Uh, with local pastors on uh, lament, you should totally come with me. Sorry, I'm just I'm just doing invit. Uh, we're not even podcasting anymore. I'm just doing invitations. Just like, 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 yeah, you want to hang Isaac, out? Isaac, you should come hang out with me at this this event about lament. <laughs> I already that happened Cam, in the spring. I already told Cam, our fellow pastor, I was like, man, I gotta go to Shades. I'm on staff there now. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, so. Thanks, John. I do have other things. I, listen, I'm here for it. I'm okay with it. We'll snap your picture before you leave. Put Thanks, you on the website. Yeah. Only if I get to share John Mark's office because it's 100. percent Dude, cool. if you'll come on staff for free, we'll kick John Mark out of this office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, so maybe talk to. So I mean, y'all been doing this ministry now mm -hmm. for I mean since 2017, so five years. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe talk to us about some of the things that have been particularly challenging mm -hmm. um, and also maybe highlight some of the beautiful things that you've gotten to be a part of and seen. Like, Give us just uh, maybe a taste of what it looks like to be involved in this conversation more broadly. Like y'all get to see, uh, because you travel and speak yeah. and write articles and interact with people, like, like what does it look like to be involved with this conversation a little bit more broadly across the, the scope of the church? Mm. Great question. Do you want to go? Do, does anything? I have something in mind for the beautiful part. Okay, well then I'll start with discouragement. <laughs> <laughs> now this sounds we, like a United we have established we have established <laughs> that Austin. I'm probably going to relate to you most uh, because Bradford over here to my right accuses me of being what we call a super feeler. Um, normally, when there's something that has to, so recently, recently, uh, every now and then we'll watch something together and we'll talk about it on the podcast. So we did this whole episode about this documentary about like contemporary Christian music, 
And when they first pitched it to me, this documentary called The Jesus Music, my first assumption was this was like an HBO documentary or something like that. And so I was like, guys, is this going to depress me? Mm. Like, because I'll, anything like that, I just, I read very few blogs. Mm. I don't, I'm not involved in like big evangelical culture to a large extent because I get so depressed so easily i just tend in that direction so these guys keep me abreast of what's going on so i feel i feel for you i'm here for it man no give me the low end i hear you on that and for me it's easiest to get down and depressed um the broader the level if that makes sense yes 100 percent. like i monitor all of our email and intake accounts so i get all our hate mail god bless you yeah that was one of the first things i told austin i was like you're i can't read this anymore so here you go oh it's no. one of the kindest things he's done. I I, I I did that. Not It's not nearly to the same level, I'm sure, as what y'all have experienced. But there came a point where John Mark receives our general uh, emails that just like come through the website or the office. And there came a point where I was like, John Mark, you can't share these with me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't. He does not share them with me. I'm like, man, I, that, I just, I'm no, like you. Super nobody filler. else sees them. Yeah. And ours, are, and ours aren't even about heavy topics. Ours are superficial things like parking. <laughs> Yeah, John Mark, God bless your ministry. Thank you, Austin. You were saying. Well, I mean, part of it is we knew what we signed up for. Right. We're talking sure. about race and racism in evangelical Christianity. We're talking about hard things that people get really defensive and angry about, and we're doing that because we believe that Jesus is alive mm. and that He is more powerful than racism. Mm. And so it's, it's worth it to us. We've counted the cost like we're in it. But, um, yeah, we get, we get some pretty ugly stuff headed our way sometimes. And that can be discouraging, but we get it's at least 10 to 1 mm. really encouraging mm-hmm. notes for every piece of random That's you know, awesome. discouraging feedback. And we get stuff from people we know. We get encouragement from people we know, people we respect. And I've just been really encouraged. So end of year is the time when I do like all of our analytics that I try to ignore for the rest of the year and look at how many people are engaging our ministry. Right, right. Because I got to put that stuff together for our donors and tell them how we're doing. Um, I'm so encouraged at the appetite for the kind of work we're doing. Not that we have everything figured out and we're like the ultimate answer on race and racism, but people aren't listening to us because they want to fight and argue. They want to do something constructive. They want to pray. They want to think about things. They want to be challenged. And the number of people who want to do that and want us to come speak and help their church and pray with them, like, that's really encouraging. Yeah, and awesome. to have that at such a – to have so much more of that than the, the discouragement and the hate is just really, really encouraging. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, on the beautiful front, a couple things. One would be – Kind of, I think, if you want to kind of answer the, like, what what problem are you guys solving? Here's what I put to you. I'd ask you the question, where would you, what ministry would you point your friend to? Or a church member if they came to you and they're like, Pastor Brad, where should I go as a Christian for solid Christian content on race? I felt that I could not answer that question five years ago without caveats, without, mm-hmm. well, like, you know, this is great, and like there are there are a lot of great. I mean, TGC, love them, thankful for them. But TGC is about the gospel in all of life. It's not just about this. So they have this mm-hmm. article, right? But right. I just felt like I couldn't get behind something in terms of tone and content. I'd either be like, "Man, the content's great, 
but the tone is just off there. Or the tone is awesome, but the content is just not there. Mm. And I feel like we've come with five loaves and a couple fish, and the Lord has just been kind to sustain an effort that isn't sexy. Our stuff is not super partisan. It doesn't tweet well. It doesn't go viral. Uh, and I find that people that people think people realize when they come to United You Pray, they're not going to they're gonna be challenged but not yelled at. And I'm really thankful for that. And then just one testimony, one other thing we do uh, is we have a network of pastors around the country, particularly black black brothers who are serving in predominantly white contexts. And because uh, I was in I was an M in that context and people just kept people like this would reach out to me and be like, how do I survive in this world? Mm -hmm. And I finally said, can we all just get on the phone at the same time so I don't have to have this conversation 15 times? And we recently had a retreat in Birmingham, and one of the brothers said that this was the one, the most encouraging, one of the most encouraging times since he became a Christian, just to have the fellowship of like-minded brothers who look like him, and it's so easy to believe mm -hmm. you're the only one out there kind of trying to do some of this bridge-building work, and bridges get stepped on, and bridges freeze over before anything else, and so it's just, that to me was one of, I think that's one of the more fruitful things we do, by God's grace, of just trying to encourage pastors, and that's black pastors, uh, we jokingly call that group the black sheep, but uh, <laughs> we, you know, there's white sheep out there too, like yourself, who oh like, <laughs> who appreciate our content, so... Yes, yes, not yes, not John Mark or Brad. Uh, and so, uh, so yeah, man, that's just testimonies like that. We hear them. We're super thankful for them. And I, I pray. And one thing you can pray for us is that, you know, a lot has happened. You so we talked about ten years ago, a, f a few minutes ago, and in the last five years, or let's just call it since twenty sixteen, um, a lot of people have changed and a lot of things have shifted. And that's not all bad. Um, but, you know, I think some of our friends have changed and shifted and maybe wouldn't call themselves our friends anymore. And we've just tried to be about the four things we try to be about, which is we want to be biblical, we want to be clear, we want to be helpful, and we want to be hopeful. Because like Austin said, we really think we can talk about this issue as if the tomb is empty, because it is. So, Can I double-click on something he brought up? Absolutely. Which is the work Isaac specifically does with encouraging black pastors. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. do anything with that. Um, and think for just a second about hard jobs in America and in the world. Pastors have a hard job. So many black pastors are brought into predominantly white churches with an impossible job. Mm -hmm. They're brought in to be one-man diversity initiatives, to fix racism, to change the whole demographics of a mm. church, uh, and to do that where in a you know setting, oftentimes when they're going to be opposed and where their family isn't going to be well supported. Mm. That's not every church in every situation, but that's a more common kind of story than people like to think about. Mm. And so I just really appreciate the work he's doing to get guys together and encourage them to stay in the fight. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. It's, it's just encouraging just to get to hear y'all talk uh, just about just the ways that the Lord has been at work mm. and is at work mm. um, in the midst of what y'all are doing. And I mean, I I am a personal benefactor mm. of 
Like I've benefited from from the toil uh, that y'all have put in. So I would just want to reaffirm and encourage both of you that at least from one brother to another, um, your toil is not in vain. Mm, praise the Lord. You know? Praise the Lord. Thank you for that. Um, absolutely. Um, I have a question if I can chime in. I'm having to roll over here to the mic. <laughs> Sorry, we only have four you're microphones, not, Brad, and so we put them in front of the four people you're listening, you're not, to <laughs> you're not seeing the hilarity of the situation as I lean over John Mark to <laughs> get a seat at the table. I was just enjoying us all picking up on the social cue that you wanted to say something, except for Jonathan, who was just who just kept talking. Typical. <laughs> he just kept talking. I was like, I think... Well, your your co-pastor would like yeah. to say something. This is this is this is why I see a therapist. You guys are are seeing that, but you guys you guys talked about praying on the podcast. You talked about some of the hate mail you've gotten because of the things you've talked about. What are some of the conversations that y'all are having? What issues are y'all talking about on the podcast or or when you're going to teach somewhere? Oh, that's a great question. That's a hard question to answer because we get asked some version of that, um, but the most basic version of that we get asked is, what can I do to fix racism? Mm. And that's sort of the question everybody leads with. I mean, that was the next question I had <laughs> on my list here. Um, well, let me talk about why that's an ignorant question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes! Yes! yes. I, can, I tell, can I tell him really quick what I did to you the other night? Right, it was. Uh, I've so Friday or Saturday, but I've done too many things. I was. Oh, yes, yes, I was yes, reading yes. articles on United We Pray, and I read one of Isaac's articles, uh, which, which are few. But yes, I I don't remember the title of it, but if I was just going to summarize it, it was basically uh, white people don't ask your black friend about racism, like to explain it to you, kind of thing. <laughs> was basically the the summation, the thesis statement mm -hmm. here, mm -hmm. and it was a great article. It was fantastic. Uh, and uh, and so I call him just to ask him, hey, brother, can you pray for me for tomorrow or whatever? But I led with, hey, so I'm preaching the sermon. So real quick, in like five minutes, could you just explain racism to me? <laughs> did and he I, hang up on you? I, 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 fo just, I followed up. I think there did. was stunned silence. Me, and I was just like. I think there was stunned silence. I, Lord, I, give me grace. This I just, I very quickly was like, I just, that's a, man, I read your article. <laughs> Well, so. we get that question all the time, and right, right. we I take it as a sincere question, and I think it's usually really well-intentioned. I just think so oftentimes folks don't know what they're up against. Mm -hmm. They don't know the history of race and racism in our country, let alone the world, and how long it took things to get really screwed up on purpose, mm. and how little our individual ability is to correct that. Mm. And so it's not that we can't do anything. I mean, we, we're, do, we're, we've built a ministry around this, right? We think there are things to do. Um, but I think the question is often asked with the assumption that the only thing lacking is sort of the will to do anything about it. Ooh, and if we, if we could all just sort of decide to fix racism, we could overnight. Um, and that's just sort of not the case. Mm. Yeah, man. So, I mean, there, well, there will be different topics so we're basically trying to flesh out the questions behind that question mm -hmm. often. Um, we'll, ta we'll tackle specific topics. Yes, we have an episode about CRT or two. Um, but, I mean, we, I did an episode 
uh, with Colin Hansen about the history of Birmingham. Right. That's fascinating I mm-hmm. mean, and sobering. And mm-hmm. that was before I knew I'd live here, you know. And so there was a time we did kind of different geographical cities. There was a time we tried to answer the questions people are actually asking. So when we go and teach at a church like yours and we have conversations afterward and the people are like, but what about, we'll usually take that what about and be like, okay, so what about transracial adoption? What about this or that? And we just try to take the questions people are legitimately asking because they are oftentimes good questions and people I find would like some sincere help from their Bibles. They're Christians and they'd like to do good works and they'd like to uh, be helped. And so we're trying to do that and answer a lot of those questions. And for every really specialized episode that we do, like a special on critical race theory, which we did in 2019, something like that. Something like yeah. that. We did it a long time. We did it before it blew up. Mm. Um, for every, you know, wonky episode like that, we try to do a lot more basic, I don't want to say remedial, but uh, teaching on things folks might not have thought to ask because we sort of assume everyone is using the same definitions for race, racism, ethnicity, white privilege, something like that. So we try and sort of, as as we aspire to be a one-stop shop on, you know, issues of race and racism in the church, sort of ask those bigger defining questions as well. Yeah, yeah, helpful. So maybe, um, well, it's, I'm looking at the time. Let's pause really quickly. And before I ask kind of maybe a few final questions, uh, we would like to do something way less serious yeah. uh, with you guys. And that is we would like to do a lightning round with you. Yeah, this is um, these are amazing. Oh, We've yes. got to get something. Like I knew you were gonna say that. We've I knew got to get here. something like and that. I saw the board, and the board is like shinier than my board. <laughs> and like, Isaac's gonna say, "Why don't you do this? Why don't we have sound effects?" This has colors on it. I know it has colors. Yeah, you can actually uh, assign different colors to it too. Like it just doesn't come stock like that. Uh, he has the coolest any colors. John, John Mark has custom made, recorded all of our jingles. Yeah. So you know, you want him to write up that some was, jingles. I mean, like, I heard the little like, the like beat in the. I was like, oh, oh yeah. I want, yeah. want you to write up some jingles for yeah. you. If you need a jingle, let me know. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, so it's it's a little bit more tricky to do this with two people. So do y'all, do we want to ask one question and both of you will give an answer or do you want us to ping pong? Yeah. Uh, they can both answer. Yeah. All right, you can both yeah. answer. Okay. Yeah. We'll try to make it straightforward and simple. So uh, let's start with this question. How do you like your eggs? Over easy. Scrambled with cheese or fried if my wife is making it. All right. I love the specificity. Second one, this one's pretty easy. Biden or Trump? Oh, <laughs> Austin just took his headphones off and is walking out of the room. Totally kidding, totally kidding. Okay. um, Jonathan, that's your car with the Trump sticker on it. Listen, this is hard hitting journalism here. This is hard hitting journalism, guys. What's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car? 128. Wow. I love the fact that you knew that so quickly. I think I've been around 101 or something like that. If you could go anywhere in the world on vacation, where would you go? Alaska. Somewhere I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> it doesn't matter where. It's just the first just, thing that came to just, mind. <laughs> Free is great. Do aliens exist? Yes. 
<laughs> All right, say more. What? <laughs> he said, say, he said more. say more. Say more, go on. <laughs> there was, the, I saw this, in, I mean, there's a lightning round, but I saw this interesting tweet the other day. It was like, say your, say a theological stance you hold that people would be surprised to know that you mm. hold it. It was, and like, and aliens was in there, and I was like, that's probably right. So I'm, I'm probably, <laughs> like, God is so big, and we're it. Okay. The Bible never says we're it, but anyway. that's what you're preaching on the next time you come. Oh, be yes, it. race and aliens. Uh, okay. No, the gospel, the gospel uh-huh, and aliens. Uh-huh. Don't pretend like you're interested in it, Jonathan. Oh my word! <laughs> okay. Listen, okay, I took, I took the Trump sticker joke. <laughs> I'm not taking the gospel jokes anymore. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, just, you, people don't know this, but before we got this on, is a Isaac, lightning round, Isaac Jonathan. wrecked me for 20 minutes saying I asked him not to preach the gospel. <laughs> you did. I did not. <laughs> oh, my word. All right. I'm going to let you slide on the aliens and all of that. Okay. Next question. Outside the Bible, if you could have dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? Mm. Frederick Douglass. Tanasi Coates. Mm. Great answers. Who would play you in Denzel a movie Washington. of your life? <laughs> he was, he was of course. Danny Denzel. DeVito. Danny DeVito? <laughs> Danny DeVito. <laughs> I want to see that movie. I want to see the story of United We Pray <laughs> with Denzel Washington and Danny DeVito. People, when I was a young man, people used to tell me I looked like Denzel. And then all of a sudden they started saying I looked a lot like Jordan Peele. So something changed. <laughs> And I'm not sure what. But. All right. What would you have for your last meal? Oh, man. Mm, my mom's macaroni and cheese, mm. which my wife now makes, and it's incredible. My wife does this andouille pasta. That was the first thing that came into my head. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook? Not Facebook. <laughs> Not TikTok. Twitter. I did my ethics project in seminary on Christian use of social media. and I would love to read that. I can find it. I'll, I'll send it to you. I think, I don't know how much this is still true, but at the time I wrote it, I said, like, it's possible to have the best time on Twitter. Like, you can sort of curate your own experience on Twitter in a way that you can on the other platforms. Gotcha. So I think that's my answer. That's good. Okay, last question, just because of time. Desert Island, you can take three books. One of those books can't be the Bible, because that's obvious. Mm. What three books? I love how y'all don't like the Bible at this church. It's <laughs> awesome. I mean, this is this is the first church. Like, no Bible. No, no Bible. Yeah. Brad, I'm sorry. I usually only direct that at Jonathan. I really no, like I... you. So, like... <laughs> I can take it. Yeah, not the Bible. I'm just trying to remember why I thought this podcast was a good <laughs> idea. I was just thinking about how much fun I've had here at this church generally and how much I wish we would get invited back. <laughs> hey, you might back. you might get invited back, Austin. Uh, I'm doing the Alien series. Uh, That's right. <laughs> All right, sorry. Three books, Desert Island. Three books, Desert Island. We don't want you to read the Bible. Great. What's uh, it going to be? Mm, Pilgrim's Progress. Yes. And it might be a long obedience in the same direction. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm there. And. Mm. 
It's a hard question. It is a hard question. Um, I mean, Living Life Backward is the next kind of influential book on me, but I don't know if I'm on a desert island. <laughs> Whatever book tells me how to get off this stupid island to get home. <laughs> Some people are like, oh, it probably takes something like how to build stuff. Yeah, like, no, 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 yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. the right, point. Right, right, right. That's not Three the point. Three books. That's what we're doing. I'll, th- I'll think of the third one while Austin's talking. <laughs> talking about race. Thank you. Hey. That was a test. Hey. Right. Um, no, I, I, I was about to say I never want to read that book again. But the reason I was thinking that is because of how many times I read it. Austin that. read it a few hundred times while I made him ghostwrite it. So yeah, I didn't ghostwrite it. Let's just with the yeah. No plagiarism. Um, That's true. <laughs> this is true. I'm going to cheat and say like a collection of essays by like C.S. Lewis. So I've got one at home called The Weight of Glory. I forget mm. who published it, but it's got the weight of, it starts with The Weight of Glory and it's just a collection of essays. So yeah. we're going with that. Probably going Carl Henry, Uneasy Conscience of Modern Fundamentalism. Mm. And yeah, this is hard. I don't know. <laughs> it's really hard. I'd probably do the Grim Key Sermon, the collection of Grim Key Sermons that I read when I started Unite We Pray. Uh, confessions. Ah, Augustine. Yeah. Nice. Solid. There's three. Well, congratulations, guys. You survived. You survived the lightning rounds. I think Isaac's starting to dance. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, no. Well, not to make you talk about books again. But as kind of our last question, because I know we got to wrap this up, you guys got to go, but we will definitely have at least one of you back. <laughs> um, but, but no, we definitely, we would love to have you all back in order and be able to continue the conversation, just continue to learn from you guys. And, and we would direct all of our listeners, please go to United We Pray's website, which is just youwepray.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there you can find uh, their podcast. Because if you're like, man, some of those things that Isaac and Austin were mentioning is like the specific kind of questions. That's what I really hoped y'all would get to dive into on Shades Midweek. Mm-hmm. We would say, no, go visit United We Pray because they have got nine seasons worth of podcasts there mm-hmm. to really dive deep yeah. into those issues versus us getting you know 45 minutes to sit down together today, yeah. uh, which we really appreciate y'all's time. But maybe one thing you could do for us right before we go um, is – list maybe some helpful resources um, where people could begin to educate themselves. Yeah. Um, because kind of like you were talking about Austin so often, there's just, uh, I know myself included uh, around uh, issues of race and racism. There's just so much uh, assumption or ignorance or any of these different kinds of things, uh, or we don't even know our own history. Um, and so what are maybe some, some top resources people could begin to dig into to begin to educate themselves and learn and get kind of that broader perspective. Can I throw another complicating dynamic at you? You absolutely may. Which is that um, for many years, uh, Christians were not talking about race. Mm. Specifically, white Christians in America were not talking about race. We, uh, I mean, were anywhere from actively engaging in racism to ignoring the problem and everything in between. Mm. And so if you want to do that work of understanding the scope of the problem, oftentimes you are 
best helped, I think, by reading the work of non-Christians simply because there were no Christians writing about it at the time. Mm. Um, specific, yeah, I mean, there's exceptions mm. to that. I'm painting with very broad brushes. Mm. But um, if uh, there, there are great books on sociology, on history, um, that sort of aren't on most Christians' radar, but will help you understand the world we live in and will set you up for better conversations down the line. Mm. Um, so I'm thinking of a couple books. Well, Austin, are you saying that Christians can learn from non-Christians? I, I have. I, I feel like I write that article every couple I, of weeks. I was going to say, I we've had that conversation. I yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm being very sarcastic. Um, let's see. Uh, we're probably going to name a lot of the same books, but I'm thinking uh, Isabel- Isabella Wilkerson, Warmth of Other Sons, mm-hmm. will help you understand like why why society looks the way it does, why we live in different places, things like that. Mm-hmm. You got one? I got a list I'm going to read. Okay, yeah. Shall I go there? Go with your list, and then I'll I'll fill in any I think. Well, uh, you guys aren't going to like my first suggestion uh, because it's the Bible. So uh, (laughs) there's uh, – I'm reading a list from Talking About Race, and uh, I walked through some text you can look through. Uh, But beyond that, How to Think, A Survival Guide for a World at Odds by Alan Jacobs. Not a book specifically about race, but a book about thinking that is crucial to having better conversations. Racism and World Evangelism is a talk by Tom Skinner that I think is incredible, 1970 on YouTube. Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, an American Slave by Frederick Douglass. Mm -hmm. Incredible. The Negro, His Rights and Wrongs, The Forces for Him and Against Him by Francis Grimke. The Warmth of Other Sons by Isabel Wilkerson. American Apartheid, Segregation, and the Making of the Underclass by Douglas Massey and Nancy Denton. A heavy lift, but man. Mm. Uh, Race and Place, How Urban Geography Shapes the Journey to Reconciliation by David Leong. Really good. I really like that book because it talks about the church uh, in this conversation. And I think it's the best kind of layman's book. Uh, for systemic issues that the church is facing. Mm-hmm. Consumed by Hate, Redeemed by Love, How a Violent Klansman Became a Champion of Racial Reconciliation. This book is by Austin's friend and former colleague uh, who used to be in the KKK, and the Lord saved him, and it's his story. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would show that there's hope to be had. You know, mm-hmm. So, Divided by Faith, it's a seminal work, Evangelical mm-hmm. Religion and the Problem of Race in America by Michael Emerson, and Christian Smith, and this one's really good for teenagers. You interviewed Emerson on y'all's podcast, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Yeah, we did uh, for the 20th year anniversary of that book. Okay. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to that episode yet. I just remember seeing his name as I was scrolling through episodes. Yeah, Michael's a kind man, kind man, and loves Jesus. Uh, Meals from Mars, this one I think is good from teens, and this one really, I think, inspired some of the kind of story angles of talking about race. Uh, a I parable with Ben today. With Ben Shaka, who's here in town. A parable of pride. Uh, pre- I said almost said pride and prejudice, <laughs> prejudice and providence, and it's just really good, just really short. And so th- all of those, there's different levels of length, accessibility, but all of those are I would put in the accessible category. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and really helpful. And those are, ex- uh, except for a couple of them, Christian books. A few other authors to throw at you, uh, and these these authors I would put in sort of a select group of like, everything they write is good and helpful, and I can recommend it without qualification. Uh, Derwin Gray, Jarvis Williams, Shylin, Isaac Adams. Like, those brothers right now... George Yancey. Did I not say George? <clears throat> George Yancey. Yeah, George Yancey as well. Um, like-minded brothers who are writing really, really good books on race. So where Isaac talked about sort of uh, not knowing where to point people about 
to think about race. I, I had the same question if somebody was like, what, what's a good book you would give to a Christian to help them start thinking about race? I didn't know the answer to that a few years ago. Now there's a bunch of good books out. Yeah. We're so, really, we often talk about, there's just a nice stack that represents, I think, whatever you want to call it, our approach, our framework, our methodology of this stack is not full. It's certainly not colorblind, and it's not full on just anti-racist ideology. Uh, we think, it, but this stack represents certainly the perspective and framework uh, that we think stands happily on, on the Bible uh, and that we're putting forward. So I think it's really nice that we're not the only ones saying this stuff. And I think that crew has found one another and is galvanizing, and I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. We give yeah. a lot of their books away. We do. Mm. Yeah, if you want free books, follow United We Pray, because we do That's it true. Like all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, thank you all so much just for taking time out of your day because as I mean we know y'all I mean Isaac you're a pastor and as you said earlier you know you're incredibly busy barely have time for us and, <laughs> um, you know just we are asking too much to well, get you it's hard when you're on staff at two churches Jonathan so I know I know, I know. no <laughs> I'm just kidding in all seriousness no we just appreciate you guys so much we appreciate your ministry uh, we appreciate um, the time you've given to us just in these last a couple of days, mm-hmm. uh, both on Sunday and then again today. And uh, any way that we can be praying for y'all and supporting y'all, please definitely let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know it's the end of the year, and as we talked about on Sunday here at Shades, I mean, anybody that works in any kind of nonprofit, usually at the end of the year, you're kind of trying to make budget. I'm sure the same is probably true for United We Pray. Um, and I assume people would be able to donate if they wanted to through your website. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if you're looking for a place to donate and give to other than your local church, um, I mean, that is definitely a place that we would point you to youwepray.com. Um, or you can check out Isaac's book as well. Anywhere that books are sold, it's called uh, uh, How to Talk. Sorry, I just blanked on the title. Talking about race. Sorry. <laughs> I almost said how to talk about race. That's, that's the why is it so hard to talk about race? There's too many of these things floating around in my head hey, from the title on Sunday to. Talking about race, gospel hope for hard conversations by Isaac Adams. Dude, the mask that got me. I was losing it in the back of the sanctuary. It was so amazing. Oh man. I remember getting the first draft of the book and the title page. And I, I what, what what was it that you said? I can't remember the exact title. What was the title going to be? We wear the mask. We wear the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Which 2020 is, happened. in my defense. A title of a beautiful Christian poem written by an African-American in 1896. It reminded me. Yeah, of that's the, the poem at the beginning of the book, right? Correct, John yes. Mark. Thank you for being the only You're one, welcome. obviously, in this room <laughs> to have read the book. You're welcome. Shade, shade, hey, Hayes texted me I the other day. I take offense at that. I'm willing to bet right here, right now, that out of these three sitting on the side of the table, I've read the mo- most of this book. Hey, the most of it. Hayes texted me the other day. He was like, hey, man, can you can you send me those points from your talk? And I was like, bro, they're in the book. <laughs> like, it's what the book is about. <laughs> I thought you might have them readily accessible, copy, paste, drop it in a list. So I didn't have to sit there and type it out. And, no, I'm sorry. I forgot how busy you are. Oh, man. Oh, so man. busy. Yeah. Doing yeah. gospel work, unlike what I ask you to do, and <laughs> ignore the gospel. And come, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, good. I love you, dude. I love you, man. Oh. Um, and anyway, if you have questions um, 
then definitely, uh, how can people get in contact with United We Pray? Um, we have a contact us option on the webpage. Okay. So yeah, just head to the webpage. Feel free to ask questions there. You can ask questions uh, to us here at Midweek, uh, midweek at shadesvalley.org. Um, Isaac gave my email address out to everybody on Sunday, told them all to email me with their hard questions. So that's fine. It's fine. I'm not bitter about it. Um, that's great. What's the, what's the biggest prayer request for y'all going into um, the year? Your pastor would like to say something. Your, perfer- your peripheral vision is amazing. No, no, that's a great question. But here, here's what I think would be cool. Uh, there's so many things that we could talk to you guys about, so mm. many specific subjects, right? Mm. And we're obviously going to have you guys back on. We'll take the money out of Jonathan's salary or something. <laughs> but <laughs> what I want uh, our listeners to do is if there's a specific question or a specific area that you would like for us to have a conversation yeah, with these man. guys about, email us, yeah. midweek at shadesvalley.org, where you're part of the conversation. That's our little slogan. Anyway, um, email us because we would love to have them back on and have that specific conversation. So. How can we be praying for you guys? Man, I think I think one that I feel like Austin and I are saying to each other regularly is the podcast or the ministry is growing uh and every staff budgeting all, you know, just recognition. Man, you can pray that we'd stay low before the Lord. Um you know, <laughs> I don't think we have so much to be proud of, but we uh, I mean we're trying to be what we started out to be and ministries drift ministries change and uh you can pray that we would remain faithful um that w- that is an obvious one that comes to mind you can pray that the lord would allow us to con- to continue growing so we can hire people like austin full time uh so that's another request of ours and i mean w- one request is like we we would love our ministry to not be necessary we'd love to go out of business one day uh, because it wouldn't be necessary, but we don't think we're anywhere close to that. So, awesome. What would you add? I have a very specific one, and this is not a subtweet at anybody else, but this is kind of a hard topic to be focused on vocationally, and I really don't want to become bitter. Mm-hmm. That's good. So if you could pray for us in that. Yeah, that's good. Well, guys, can I just pray for you all just as we close today? Please. Father, I do just thank you so much just for these dear brothers. And we are grateful for their ministry. Uh, Sad that it is necessary, uh, but grateful that where where there is need, your grace meets us in the midst of that need. And I praise you that one of your means of grace is united, we pray. Mm -hmm. Lord, I do pray that you would guard their hearts, uh, both from the poison that is bitterness Mm -hmm. And from the poison that is pride, I mm. pray that you would keep them humble before you with their eyes fixed uh, on the North Star of the gospel. And that you would continually equip them more and more to bring the gospel to bear uh, on issues of racial strife. I pray that as much encouragement as they've seen, um, that they would see that multiply, that it would move from 10 to 1 emails to 100 to 1, mm. yeah. and that they would see a growth of joy among God's people, uh, joy in the work that you are doing through them, and the result that it's having, and the impact that it's having 
in your church. Father, I thank you for the impact it's having here at Shades. Lord, we we love you. We are grateful for Isaac and Austin. And just pray your blessing over them, this ministry, over their families. And uh, yeah, just continue to supply them with your persevering, sustaining grace. For the good of your church and the glory of your son. We pray these things in his name, by your spirit. Amen. Amen. Can I say something to Shades real quick? Sure. Y'all, worshiping with you guys was the highlight of my week last week. Mm. Thank you for being such a, uh, an encouraging place. Amen. I leaned over to Hafe during the service, and I said, you know, as a pastor, people ask you all the time, like, so if you weren't at your church, like, where would you go to church? And I said, I was like, I think I might come here. Hey. <laughs> and I really, I just, I love that. I mean, th- this, whatever this is, pervades your church, and it's just super sweet, and it's super, it's super real, and I love that. Y'all have no air of self-importance about yourselves. And I, it's just so refreshing. You can just tell when you walk in. Yeah. And I, I love to be in here. Yeah. It was great. Man. Thank you guys. I'm, seriously. Seriously. Love you guys. And you're welcome back anytime. I mean, mm-hmm. Iron City meets at 4 p.m. You technically could yeah. go to church <laughs> every Sunday morning. If you <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we've seen We're that you're get already you on staff on two churches. Yeah, you, we've seen you've already. You're more than happy to put me to work. So, <laughs> all right, love you guys. We're officially signing awesome. off. All now. right, great. Is there like a sound effect that's close? Like a close I mean, door? I've got there's, our. There's music that will be. That's playing. our music. Oh, that'll okay. that'll play at the end.